You are listening to Natural Born Alchemist. Welcome to episode number 37 of the Natural Born Alchemist podcast. My name is Alex and I'll be your host. I'm sitting by the sea introducing this episode because it's always nice to get out of the studio. And in this episode I will be talking to Jared Keane living out in Arizona in the US of A. And we will be talking about plant-based diets, San Pedro and ayahuasca. So thank you for being on the podcast. Oh, it's an honor. Thank you for asking me. So tell me a little bit about yourself, who you are and where you are and all this. Well, my name is Jared and I live in Tucson, Arizona. Um, And I have been um, enjoying uh, ayahuasca now uh, for the past six months. I've had five journeys. Um, But prior to that, um, five years ago is really when I changed everything with the, with uh with plants and my connection to plants, um, I was uh, a very large, unhealthy man. I was weighed two hundred and eighty pounds, and I had medical, you know, going on medical issues. And I transitioned my diet to be um uh, to be a vegan diet um, after a horrible American diet. And as I started to lose weight, I started to become more um open to energy and to um, my own mental health. And I discovered after going into counseling that I was a severe narcissist and the plant, going to a plant diet started to heal that, started to, um, I started to lose weight. And as I would lose weight, I would become more open. I would have these emotional meltdowns where I would the anger and, and pain would come up and I would deal with those. Sometimes I would need to smoke marijuana to be able to stay within myself, but to still see what was going on. And over the course of 18 months, I lost 140 pounds and I detoxed a bunch of the narcissism and emotional pain that I was feeling. Uh, I settled with that. Um, for about two years, and I knew I needed something next. So a friend of mine got back from Peru, and she offered me to um, experience San Pedro. I said, sure. And then two hours later, I emailed her back and said, what's San Pedro? I had no idea. And she explained it to me, and I thought I was just going to get high. And I thought it was just... And boy, was I wrong. Um, it totally shifted everything about my perspective, about plant medicine, about plants, about the world. Um, for a month last August, I um, basically just was on San Pedro ceremony every four days. And each time I did a ceremony, I learned more and more and more and about myself 
and I started to become calmer and more peaceful. And I be really brought myself in. I, 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 I was a hermit for quite some time. I didn't want to go out anywhere. I just wanted to be within myself. I knew there was something next. So I've always thought, heard about ayahuasca, thought about ayahuasca, and I had no idea how I was going to get to Peru and have the money to do that. And the universe had somebody right here in Tucson who was doing ayahuasca ceremony. And in December, I experienced that for the first time, which was amazing. And since then, um, I've experienced five ceremonies, and I'm about to do a sixth one this weekend. And it has totally changed and shifted my life. For people who don't know, can you say a bit about uh, San Pedro? We talked a lot about ayahuasca and iboga in this podcast, but we never ever mentioned San Pedro. Oh, okay. San, San Pedro um, is a cactus. It's a healing cactus that is grown um, in, in Peru and South America. Uh, they, they boil it down to a powder. And it, it's a, a different um, experience than ayahuasca, where San Pedro is more of a full-body connection to the universe and to yourself. Um, it, it, it's, it's a bit gentler. Down in South America, they call it the, the father or the grandfather. And we actually grow it here in Tucson. So we go cut um, cactus and we make our own here. And it, it's very connective and very healing. And it was a great way to start. It really opened me up for the experience of ayahuasca. So you would say the ayahuasca is much stronger than the San Pedro? Yes, it is. It, yes, I would say stronger. And it, it's definitely different. It, it definitely puts you, whereas San Pedro kind of, you're just here on this planet in this plane and connected to the universe where ayahuasca took, was able to take me out to the universe, was able to open up my mind to go out and connect with the universe, to go out into the, the stars and into, and really do a, a different, deeper connection. Do you purge when you do a San Pedro? Like, do you puke or diarrhea or anything like this yes you can also um yes you can purge um for the first month i was doing it i didn't purge at all and then at the end of that month i finally purged and what i realized is it was like okay my time with san pedro was done and i, I had stopped doing it for quite some time so you do have a purge with it but it's not that deep intense purge that you get with ayahuasca. And um, you have done five ceremonies, you said, and you were about to do your sixth. Uh, and you have, do you have a intention for each one, or is it a more a, a general intention for the whole whole deal? Well, the first time I did it, I had intention. I wanted to continue my healing. I wanted to still, you know, work deeply to work with my um, ego. Um, I had some personal intentions because um, I had a business that just, everything just kind of stopped prior to the San Pedro. And I wanted to, you know, try to get a sense of what the universe has planned for me. Um, then I did that for the first 
couple times. And then the last two, I didn't really have any intention. I just kind of just opened up to what I would experience and open up to the healing. And right now, at this point for Saturday, I don't really have, I didn't really have a specific intention until yesterday when, while I've been cleansing, getting ready to do the ceremony, um, I still try to heal myself um, sexually, uh, try to change and shift how me and, and sex relate. So I'm going to focus on that this Saturday. I'm going to still work on, on that. Have your uh, friends and family uh, been aware of this process or, or have, has it been like a secret? Well, um, I haven't told my family. I don't have my mother and she lives back in New Jersey. Um, and this is just not something I would talk to her about. Though if she asked me, I would tell her. Um, I have a roommate and she knows about this and she's actually going to do the ceremony with me on Saturday also. Um, so I have some friends here that do know that I have experienced this and will experience this. Um, but for the most part, um, I haven't really talked about I, I will talk about it, but I just don't go out there talking about it. I'm really not ashamed of it at all. I'm pretty open about it. Um, the problem can be when you talk to people who have not experienced it that you, you can sound insane. So that's why I always think that it's very difficult to talk to people about this stuff unless they have some experience or at least read something about it. Or, or, But if they don't have any idea of what ayahuasca is, then it's very difficult to speak to them. To them it's just a dangerous jungle drug, which was in the news not long ago here in where I live. But <laughs> um, the, You know, the, a lot of people, you know, even my whole story about... Transforming myself emotionally just by going to a plant-based diet. There's a lot of people that look at me like they don't get it. But we have a lot of people here in Tucson that I know and talk to who are your your hippie type, your hippie-ish type folks. So when you talk to them about this stuff like that, they they just kind of nod and agree because they've all kind of been through something in other forms. Um, but yeah, I I have gotten people look at me with a with a weird eye. Um, here in America, um, people are craving this. People are are being so called to this that I'm getting. Uh, we started uh, we started doing regular ceremony. We, we we have a website now, and we're scheduling regular ceremony here in Arizona. And I'm getting people from all over the country saying they want to fly down and do this. So I think it, it's, it's, it's something that the calling for it has grown here. And we don't really have a lot of um, media about it. Uh, people here are more concerned with, with cocaine and marijuana, unfortunately. But marijuana is shifting big time here. Um, but there's, they, they have more of a drug cartel mentality with the media and with the police than they do about ayahuasca. So we're still pretty under the radar with what we're doing. When you, when I was in the Amazon uh, a few years ago, the shaman or uh, maestro, whatever you call it, uh, she or they said that th their diet was only plants and uh, white meat or fish, so f fish or bird, um, where they strongly advised me not to eat red meat or meat. And um, 
I've uh, I used to be uh, almost vegan. I was a vegetarian for many years, but now I've shifted over to eating only uh, fish and bird. And I came to realize that it makes sense in a way because uh, eating a mammal is kind of cannibalistic. It's too close to my own being. But a bird, birds, I don't feel so connected to. And fish, I don't feel so connected to. And plants, they're a different creature altogether. Um, so this is my angle now that I, 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 I eat outside my own animal kingdom. But I don't eat from my own kingdom like mammals. Interesting. Interesting. Um, prior to last August, um, I would consider myself a plant-based in my diet. I ate 99% vegan diet, but, you know, a couple times a month I might eat some eggs here. Um, you know, I might even eat some red meat through the week. A couple times a year I'd be in a situation. So on a handful of times you could count on my hand. But after I did the San Pedro, I was done, and I've been vegan since, totally. And then after the first ayahuasca ceremony, when I had an ama amazing connection to the universe, and we go out into the desert here, so you're hearing coyote, you're 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 surrounded by uh, wildlife, and I saw just all the connection in in of it all, and even connecting. My biggest connection was the mosquitoes that were around. And I just realized my connection to everything. And the thought now for me to go back to eating meat doesn't exist. Like I am not interested in any way, shape, or form uh, of eating any type of meat. Uh, so I basically keep a pretty clean diet. So I don't have to change much or do much other than drink some tea when I go into ceremony. Yeah, and um, before when I became a vegetarian, the f two reasons were one, I didn't want to kill any other creatures to eat, you know, and uh, the second was uh, the meat industry is, I mean, it's not good quality. I mean, it's basically meat filled with fear, you know, they, they don't have good lives before they kill them and all this. But after all my ayahuasca ceremonies and all this, I, I realized that plants, you know, they're just as conscious as animals. So I felt that, you know, I can't kill animals, but I can kill plants. So that's where it shifted for me, where I decided, oh, it, it doesn't matter what you eat, but eat what is good for your uh, body and mind, you know. So that's why I went to this thing with... I stay away from my own animal kingdom because it's too close to my own being, but I eat others because I, I see plants just as conscious as, as an animal, especially, well, I've talked to them. <laughs> so, I mean, we all need to eat something. And I, I looked around at life in this planet and plants really are the most commonly eaten thing in the world. Almost every, most of your animals eat plants. Um, I think plants are there to be eaten and healed. Um, I don't ever feel, and you know, I don't ever feel that I've killed the plant by eating it. I, I feel that, 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 that the universe put 
the plant here to give us the most nutrition and the most healing. And the amazing healing that I've felt by eating plant, by staying away from animal, has been remarkable. So in my own experience, I feel that the, the, the plants are there to be eaten, um, but respected and loved and, it, it, you know, and, and, and treated with, um, with respect that we are getting to eat this plant. And I know that plants respond to pain. They respond to attack by bugs. We all have defense mechanisms. But, you know, I, I don't feel that um, deforesting the, the world by eating plants. Um, I don't feel the overfish population. You know, I don't feel like I'm, I'm taking out the oceans by eating plants. I feel that I'm doing the least harm with the most nutrition by eating plants. And you're right. It, it, it comes down to your personal, you know, how do you feel about it? I don't judge anybody who eats what they eat. Um, you know, if so, someone asks me, this is the reason I do this. How do you substitute the protein? Any tips for people who want to go on plant-based diet? Yeah, uh, the protein is really easy. Almost all your greens have proteins in them. But you can eat nuts, um, uh, beans, legumes, um, uh, quinoa, uh, those, the, uh, millet. These are all high-quality protein grains. Um, when I lost my weight, I got down to 140 pounds, and then I built back up to where I'm at now, which is about 175 pounds, and I didn't change my diet at all. It, everything just stayed the same. I just detoxed everything out. And then the same food built my body back up. And I know many vegan bodybuilders and, and people who work out, and they're in great shape and their muscles feel good. So there, there are lots of ways to get protein um, that doesn't require harming another animal to do it. Are you doing like raw food as well? Actually, um, my biggest transition came when I first started, I just took the food in my house and as it ran out, I just replaced it with organic food. And that was for the first six, seven, eight months. And then when I moved to Tucson, my roommate wanted to go on a raw food diet. And for two years, we were eating raw food and I loved it. And that's where a, a bunch of my weight just came off. Um, so right now in my present diet, I'm like 90 to 95% of my food is raw between the smoothies and the salads and stuff. But my roommate likes to cook um, sometimes rice and beans, and like I said, millet and quinoa, and I enjoy those when those happen. So there's lots of ways you can put protein in your diet and, and, and healthy ways to do it, because protein's protein. And the, the protein coming from meat is not gonna be any more valuable or less valuable than proteins coming from a, a tons of beans. But it's still quite expensive to go ecological. Um, so how do you deal with that? Well, actually, it's really not here. Um, I, I, I eat, my roommate and I eat probably on about $100 a week, maybe less, probably less. And a lot of that is because we shop at our farmer's market. But if I was just shopping at my local store and just getting organic produce, 
um, it would be le probably less than that. But I also don't eat all organic. Like there's some things that I just can't afford to be organic. So I get conventional, but I peel and I clean and I do the best that I can. Um, once you buy your rices and beans, you can buy them in bulk and then they're going to last for quite some time. It's not just a one meal deal. If you move away from the boxes and you and you move into the whole foods, the whole the whole grains, the whole the beans and you and you buy them like that, you can easily feed a feed yourself and a family very inexpensively. Isn't it is it hard to grow things where you are in Arizona? I imagine it's just desert. Oh, well actually we have a we have six growing seasons here. Um, most places have four. We have six because of the weather and climate change. Um, yeah, it can be challenging over the summer, but our produce in the fall and spring are amazing. We have gorgeous greens, and um, this summer somebody at the farmer's market will have corn. Um, so we can get a good variety just from our farmer's markets on how we grow, and people are growing gardens in their backyards. Um it, it takes a little bit of knowledge, and like any other farmer, you, sometimes you mess stuff up. But we can grow really good food here in Tucson. We're really lucky. And what do you use for snacks? Like instead of candy, is it fruit or nuts? Fruit, nuts. Um, I mean, we have some packaged stuff. We, I love popcorn. I still make popcorn. We have organic popcorn, um, dried fruit. Um, I like bars. I like like um, like raw revolution bars and protein bars. I'll eat those as snacks. But really, we just I just try to keep fruit in the house as much as possible. And I'm very content to grab an apple or a pear. Um, my favorite season is coming up here to summer, and we get all the summer fruit: the peaches, the plums, the nectarines. Oh, I can't wait! And I'll I'll, I'll just snack on those. And I don't, you know, and yeah, we'll have some organic pretzels in the house and and chips and stuff. It, it, it like I said, there's no perfect diet to do this, and I have fun with it. But it's not an everyday thing, you know. It's once a week I'll have some chips. It's once a week I'll have something, so I can enjoy those things because I know that the rest of my diet is clean, and even those snacky things are as clean as you can get them. You mentioned you were arranging ceremonies. So is it like your thing or are you doing it with some other people? Yeah, we're, um, I, I partnered with the, the gentleman who, um, who here in Tucson that has been doing it. He learned um, from, some, uh, from a shaman in, Colum in Colombia uh, here in the United States. They were here. Uh, we don't call ourselves shaman. We call ourselves facilitators. And we just create a, a quiet, safe space where you'll feel cared for while you get the opportunity to connect with Mother Aya and the universe. Yeah, and that's very important. Do, do you keep it uh, very dark or do you have lights? We do it in the dark. We do it at night. Um, we usually start here. We'll gather around 9 p.m. And then um, and, and then ingest the first... Um, um, dose around 10 and then through the course of the evening we usually offer up to three doses through the evening um, and then by when sun comes up 
we're, we're done our journey and ceremony, and then we gather and, and, and go. Uh, sometimes we're out in the middle of the desert. Um, we just actually yesterday had a meeting with this amazing place that is this intentional community out in the desert with beautiful energy and clean water and air, and they want to host our ceremonies. So we're going to have a really nice energetic spot for us to be. We've done it in people's homes. Um, we, we've done it in a hotel room. Uh, it, we've done it in my home. And, you know, we try to be outside as much as possible, but sometimes we can't. So next weekend is going to be at someone's home, but they have a huge backyard and there's no light out there. So it's going to be a beautiful star show. Uh, the following week, we're going to somebody's home in Phoenix and we're going to have eight people there and we're going to use her use the backyard there. So I think that as long as you set the energy and you and you and you set the 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 intention that I, I believe that you can have ceremony anywhere you can gather. Uh, do you do it in silence or do, do you have music or something like this? No, ours is silent. We, 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 um, I know that South America, they do the Icaros and some people use music. Um, ours is, ours is quiet. It's very meditative. Um, we, we have conversation before we, we begin the ceremony, but once everyone takes the the sacrament, then we you know go get comfortable where you you set up your space and enjoy your connection. Um, we have somebody coming next week who has never done a, a quiet ceremony, and she's um, I can't wait to hear from her how she feels after. Well, I I think it would be very scary because I've only done with Icarus. And uh, my big problem when I do ayahuasca ceremonies is they usually don't start singing the Icaros until like up to a 90 minutes, an hour into it. And when they, if the ayahuasca comes on very quickly, it means I have to wait about an hour until they start singing. And this, this hour is always a nightmare for me. Um, I, I'm lost, I can't focus, it's crazy. And But as soon as they start singing... Uh, I start getting guided, and um, but maybe that's because I've always done it with Icarus, um, so I, I would be scared to do it in silence. I don't know what would happen. <laughs> that's interesting because we, we and we have not had that experience here, and of course our 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 brew mix is not the same as you would get. I know I've watched the videos where they put a lot of. You know, they put the main ayahuasca ingredients in there, but they put a lot of other stuff in there, too. Ours is just the main two ingredients. And we have not experienced that. People have enjoyed the silence. People have enjoyed that they feel safe to lay there and connect. And especially once they do start connecting, then it, it's, it's really them and the universe. And that so far... They've been comfortable. I mean, we're there to help. If some, you know, if it goes, if it if it goes um, deep and it goes dark, we're there to help. But you know, we feel strongly that that's they need to work that out with the universe. If they're feeling like that, that's something you need to work out with the universe. And we're there to help you. You know, to to be there while you do. Um, but we, 
I, and I'm and I'm and I'm like you. I would love love to be able to afford to go to Peru or Ecuador someplace and and sit in in the with the Icaros and everything else. I because I, I think everywhere you go and whoever you do it with, even here, everything changes depending on where you are and who you're with. So each experience is going to be slight is going to be different. So you might come to here in Tucson with us and lay in the desert and feel the beautiful energy that comes through the desert and be perfectly content in mother's arms. And I may go down to South America and and go into dark places that I don't even know exist at this point. Um, so I think it's all it's all different and it's all for different people. We're going to have people that aren't going to like what we do. And that's OK. That's we're, we're here. All we care about is that the people who are called have the opportunity to experience it, have the opportunity to connect and have that healing. And that's really what we're called to do with it. No, I think it's good that you do it in silence rather than try to uh, do your own Icaros or something like that because you might do it the wrong way or you know you, you don't have the tradition. So if if you can't do it, then it's better I think to do it in in silence because you know I sometimes I have a magic truffle ceremony and uh, not here but in Amsterdam because it's very close and magic truffles is just like magic mushrooms. And uh, I always play Icaros in this. But recently I've started thinking that maybe that's a very bad idea. Because the reason I play Icaros is because I, I understand what they're saying and uh, I connect with them. And But people who have never met a shaman that have sung Icaros to them, they they get very confused. They don't know, you know, and... and and the shaman always sings the Icaros that's that's appropriate at that moment. But, you know, when you play Icaros from a CD, you, you know, it's random. So I'm thinking that next time I will not use Icaros anymore, unless the people present have all experienced Icaros live. So in, that, in this way, I think it's smart to do it in silence rather than, like, kind of disrespect the thing if if you don't know what you're doing, you know. And and you're right, and, and thank you, because that's how we feel about it. I mean, we could easily put on a CD, or I, I, I you know, on I, I see on Facebook, there's plenty of opportunities to go to these streaming um, sites where you can listen. But I don't know what they mean, and that that means that I can't help somebody get what you know, help them, help mother get what the, these folks need, get that support. So the silence just really leaves it up to the people who are involved. Um, you know, I, I, my strangest thing going through this process has been, you know, you talk about the, the, the truffle ceremony. Um, as I went through this process, I was stripped emotionally and mentally of all the things that I used to like. And I've been like this blank slate. And... You know, I, I just knew that I just was waiting for healing. And last month, for the first time in um, 30 years, I did a mushroom ceremony with myself. And I took the mushrooms and it felt just so much to me like ayahuasca. 
the connection, what I was visualizing. And I was sitting there and of course, I'm like, okay, you know, uh, uh, you know, I'm running out of money. I don't know what a job. What am I? And all of a sudden this hush came over me and the universe just, I could feel it laughing, smiling, holding me, just laughing as my heart chest opened up. And they just, all I got was, all they said was, just wait. And I'm like, but, and they just laughing and holding me, just wait. And it's like three times I went, okay, I'm waiting. And that's where I've been. And I'm just content with this waiting, waiting to finish healing, waiting for these ceremonies. I'm not sure what I'm exactly waiting for. I got kind of an idea when those, um, the next, the next path is going to show up for me, but this is an entire shift for me between th through the healing of San Pedro ayahuasca and the mushroom. This is because I was never a waiter. I would always like go get it, go do it yeah, on the go. And now I'm content waiting. And it's because of the, it's, there's no doubt it's because of the, the healing and, and the love that I felt through the ayahuasca and, and the other, um, you know, healing plants that I've been able to um, enjoy. And that, that, that's pretty funny because uh, it was opposite for me where I was waiting and the ayahuasca told me, just do it, just do it. And I, so now I do things without thinking and it works quite well. But, uh, you know, it's everybody is individual. So that works for me and this works for you. So, yeah, you know, my, you know I, I'm 48 years old. And I'm sitting here talking to you and I have $60 left in my bank account. And I just took a, a, a little job. I'm reconstituting my organization. Uh, it's just all these things. And I'm just totally chilled out about it. I totally have now because the first ayahuasca ceremony, I never knew what love felt like. And I never had faith. And after that first ceremony, when I felt love and I felt faith, then I knew so I'm doing the opposite. You, you, you know, sometimes like yourself, you, you need to do the opposite of what you did in your life. I could go down through my list of everything, everything I've tried, everything I've started, every job I've taken just because it was the next thing. Do it, do it, do it. And it's like the breaks. It's like, you know, and so now I want to be as present as possible. Um, the one thing happened to me through this process is in December. I, I fell for the first time in my life, 47 years at that point, I fell and hit my head on the floor. I passed out. And for three weeks, my brain was open. My mind was open. I had never felt this openness. And as it healed, everything kind of closed off. And I haven't felt that connection to the universe I used to have. I, I haven't but I, up until recently, I wasn't able to even see or remember my dreams, which was my internet connection to the universe. It's where I got my information from. Yet, I, I just keep, I just have faith in it. I just keep getting people put in, put in places, put in, put in opportunities where people I, who, who do readings and who just are like, it's just the right places just keep popping up that you're in. I did a reading. I, I, I had a reading. I was laying in a park and someone walked past me and I just looked up 
and we just knew we had to talk to each other. And this person is a reader. He's an energy worker. And he'd get a reading for me. And he looked around. He said, these are really strong cards. He said, but the only message I'm getting is you're right where you're supposed to be. And I went, okay. So I'm waiting and I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And I have nothing but faith that that is the, the path I'm headed down and, and I'm in the right place. So I just leave it with that. Um, and I, I would never have done that prior to my experience with ayahuasca. I would have been panicked by now. I would have taken any job I could have. And that's not what I'm doing. And really, this is also a wisdom I've, I've beheld during all my ceremonies is that nothing can really happen to you. I mean, nothing can happen. The only thing that can happen is you die. And if you die, problem solved. So you don't, nothing can really happen. You know, you might, in the moment, you might feel pain or something. But, you know, once you're dead, that pain is just a, it's just a long lost memory. Hard to describe, but, you know, there's nothing really that can happen to you. So there's nothing to fear. And if you don't feel the fear, then you can also, well, then you naturally become less racist, homophobic, or whatever. You know, like you, op- you don't have, you have less boundaries. It, it, you're right, and I, and I think you bring up the fear is, I think, is the key. I think fear is the 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 the, the big ego stop gap. I think fear is what you're really healing through. I have somebody I talked to and she's done 12 ceremonies and she still feels she hasn't broken through. And when I talk to her about it, it's because when she gets deep and when it gets dark, she becomes scared and she stops. And, you know, we had a conversation and I was like, well, how's your life been living with fear? And then then you start thinking, well, it hasn't really been where I wanted to go. But you're stopping that healing because of fear. I think fear is the key. If you can get beyond the fear, if you can understand that mother, uh, beyond that fear is the love of the universe, that no matter how deep that fear is, you come out the other side and you're in abundant love, then what are you afraid of? And I think it's ego. It's it's the ego that makes you afraid because the ego knows that when you get to the other side of the wall, the ego is not important anymore. The ego starts to lose its power. And I, I really feel that the, the fear is the key. If you can go beyond any fear, that you can fly and you can connect. And I, I yeah, I think... I fortunately, was, I haven't had that kind of ceremony where I've been afraid. My ceremonies have been different than a lot of people's. But, I, you know, if I want, hopefully, that the universe will challenge me with something very fearful. And I, I, I hope that I can keep my faith and, and, and walk through it. Because I think that's so important. Yeah, it's important you surrender to the experience. I don't know who said it. But there's this thing where uh, the fear is a 
an abbreviation of false evidence appearing real. Yeah. Yes. I love that. That's a that's perfect because it is. Most of the fear we create is in our mind. We're we're afraid of things we don't know. We're afraid of things we don't understand, and we create scenarios in which fits into what we would be afraid of. In in America, and I'm not sure about where in in Sweden, but here our media is nothing about fear. Our corporations, our advertising is nothing but fear. Fear that you're not going to have, fear that you you want, fear you're not good enough, fear that you're not pretty enough. Um, you know, we have to have all these guns and missiles and bombs and, and big government spending because they'll put the fear out there that if we don't do this, the terrorists will march across our border. It, it Fear is control. And when you can lose the fear, then you lose the other control. And then, then you're in control of yourself. You're in control of your universe, your, your universal connection. And without, so I think fear is key. And, and, and when you see the fear, I have nothing but faith when I go into a ceremony that I am loved, that however dark and deep that what comes up, that's something in me that the universe and mother wants to show me. So what am I afraid of? I'm already not going to be the same when I come out of this ceremony. So do it. Walk through it. Embrace it. Love it. Fear is an emotion. It's part of you. And I, I think that's really key. I have had a couple of like 100% fear ceremonies or going insane or dying or you know, nightmare ceremonies. And uh, the, in fact, some of them were so horrible that I asked the shaman that uh, I don't know if I can drink the next night because you in Peru, you drink every night. You know, you drink every night. And he said, so I don't know what to do because I'm too scared to drink now almost. And he, he just said that uh, you... Just focus on the heart. Don't think, you know, because I'm I'm a thinker. So he said, just focus on the heart. Heart, and uh, so that's what I did in all the rest of the ceremonies. I just I didn't think. I didn't try to intellectualize or do anything. I was just focusing on the heart, and uh, that worked quite well. Because I've I had many ceremonies that were great, and then I actually said to a, a friend, said, "Oh, I, I'm never afraid." Doing ayahuasca, all the every time it's great, and that night was the first time I had the the horrible one. So it's like it listened, it heard. Okay, you <laughs> you you sound a bit cocky, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, really. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna show you what we can do. Yeah, I mean, I have not had like I said, I have not had that. I also haven't like traveled. Like I haven't I haven't had the huge um, visions. Um, my, my journeys have been right here in, in, in the United, right here on this plane, though I feel connected and obviously been healed from it. Um, and I think it's because I'm like you, I'm a thinker. And when I'm in the middle of it, sometimes I'm seeing everything that's going on and I'm feeling and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, this is cool. This is something, you know, I, I, I don't have, I haven't been able to have that brain switch 
where I can go quiet for two minutes yet. And I, I still have to work on that. So I don't even think that I've done the deepest, farthest journeying I, I can get to. Um, I think through the summer, we're going to be doing so much ceremony, probably three to four a month for the next three or four months, that I'm going to be able to hopefully get that, that, get that down so I can get that even deeper than where I'm at now. And let me also add that those horrible ceremonies, you know, so people don't get the wrong idea, they were actually the best ones, you know, at the end, but they were hor- very hard to go through. But when you, the next day, they were great. So this people sometimes don't understand. I remember I read a very anti-ayahuasca article one time in a newspaper and they just quoted this girl saying, oh, it was horrible, I was crying, it was the worst thing, and end quote. And I'm saying that I know exactly what she's talking about, but that's not bad. That's probably something, the best thing she's ever experienced. But while you're experiencing it, it's very hard. But when you, the day after, you realize something or you learn something. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I tell when people talk to me about it, especially with ceremony, I, I say, you know, I can't tell you what's going to happen. I can't, I can't even begin to fathom what your experience is going to be. I, but the only two things I can state declaratively is it'll be the worst, best experience you ever have, and you will be different when you're done. You will be changed when you're done. And those are the only two things I can tell them to, to, experience, to express the experience of having the ceremony. And a lot, most people we talk to, they come out of it and you think they would have, it was uh, you know, it was tough for them. It was rough. There was purging. And then as, as we're leaving in the morning, they look at us and go, when's the next ceremony? Like, when do I get to do this again? Because, you know, even that almost that immediately after that this helped. My first ceremony was remarkable. Even though I said I, I didn't journey, I had an inward journey. I was reborn. I, I took the first dose and nothing happened. Um, and I took the second dose and I cried for an hour, deep, hard cry about so many things. And then the third dose, I was literally, I was reborn. I was, I, I, I I purged hard. It was 47 degrees in the desert and I was naked laying in the desert and I couldn't feel a lick of cold. Heat was just blowing off of me. And then I got into my sleeping bag and I closed my eyes and I was a sperm. I was a sperm and there were billions of sperms around me. And I shot out the urethra into the womb and I felt gestation and I felt all those moments while you're, you're, you're growing. And the eye opened my eyes after an hour and um, I had pushed myself out of the sleeping bag. And I literally was reborn in that moment. And I knew it. And I felt it. And I knew that I was going to do this again. And that was my experience. And that's kind of where I started. And that's why after the second journey is when I came out and I looked at the other facilitator and I said, this is what I saw. And it was about starting more ceremony, 
putting up a website, getting out there and opening this up? And he was like, yes. And between both of our skills, we're able to do this now. And all this came from ceremony. All it came from ceremony. Have you ever met uh, or seen the plant doctors in, in a ceremony? Or if you know what they are? The plant doctors? In um, in Peru or in, in the Shipibo culture anyway, they that's what they call them. It's these kind of beings that are around you or working on you while you're under the influence of ayahuasca. And some people see them, some people have not seen them or... Uh, it's different, but uh, I was wondering if you if you've seen them. Not me personally. I have not. Um, I believe the other facilitator I work with, um, he has. Um, he he he's been journeying for several years now with lots of journeys under his belt, and I believe he has. He he is connected with a lot of um, spirit um, out and around there. Um, I haven't gotten to that point yet. Like I said, my. My, I was I've been very this plane physically um, and even um, emotionally for this process. And I'm, I'm hoping I, I feel that going through now doing the regular ceremony over the course of several months, that I'm going to be able to break whatever that barrier I have to go on that deep, long journey. And I would hope to meet those plant doctors. I would hope to meet a lot of people when I'm out there. You might not hope as much as when you see them, because like for me, I, I, I read about them. But when I actually saw them, you know, again, you know, you get fear like you like the hair stands on the back of your neck and you like, oh, you know, it's it's too real to be true. And so it's it's hard to process once you've seen it. It's, it's, it's kind of like magic in a way. Uh, uh, ever since I started with ayahuasca, magic has become real for me. I. I see it working uh, in my everyday life, whereas before magic was uh, a trick. But <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's amazing what what I recognize now, and not and and what I'm aware of now. Like I always was pretty good with um, my instincts. Were always good when I I could size somebody up when I see them. I could get a sense of who they are when I see them. But now it's more so. I can hear it in their voice. I can hear the the cover. I can hear the 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 falsehood, the 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 truth. I can hear it in people's voice now. Um, and, and and it's it's and I don't react to it. So if I'm speaking to somebody and I, and I and I feel an energy there, I just know that that person's walking their path. Um, and you know they have to face the world however they need to face it. Uh, a book that helped me tremendously, um, there's this book called The Four Agreements. Um, I had this book around um, for quite some time and I had never read it. And I must have read it and listened to the audio tape of it six, seven, eight times. And it really changed um, how I look at myself and the world and the people around me in it. And I use it when I'm when I'm not where I want to be, when I'm not open with my heart and I'm, I'm being judgmental of myself and people. Uh, the four grievance really, um, really put everything I was learning into a, a context and gave me a framework because I was having trouble 
you know, all my filters were gone. All the filters that I used for 48 years were gone. And I had to figure out how to reconnect with the world. And it's only been like within the last six weeks that I actually started to come out of my shell. Like it, it was, and I, I have, I use those to, to, to now filter through my day to day. So that, that book became very important to me. Who wrote it? Um, let me, Don Miguel Ruiz. I just had to grab it. Yep, Don Miguel Ruiz is called The Four Agreements. And it's basically just four new ways of thinking. It's a, be impeccable with your word, don't take anything personally, don't make assumptions, and always do your best. That's it. Those four things. When, you, when, when I put everything in my day, everything that comes to me in those contexts, then things make sense. And there's pressure off in, in the world around you. And you, you can love yourself and love other people because you don't make assumptions about them. And most things people do are not personal. They're their own internal you know, internal dialogue. It's their own internal function with the universe. So when someone doesn't do something good, someone does something bad to you, as you would perceive, it's not you, it's them. It's, it's how they're reacting to what's going on. So when you start taking those things away from your thought processes, you, you start feeling a little bit better. And then you start realizing that what you do to people is not personal. It's, it's you. And it, it was just a weight that through this process, this openness I had, that just made complete sense. And there's, there's really nothing that goes on in my day-to-day that I can't put into one of those four contexts and realize that, yeah, we, it, it's, it's not that bad. Or it is that good. This website you mentioned, what's that? Um, well, we're starting a website. Um, it should be up um, by the time you broadcast this. It's called um, I A Guide. And basically what we're doing with this is we're going to reach out and anybody who's having ceremony, who is open to having ceremony, we're hoping people will put their information on this website. Send it to us, whatever city you're in, whatever town, and be available, whether, you know, it doesn't have to be. Like for us, you're going to be able to book your, um, whatever ceremony we have, you're going to be able to book and pay for your ceremony through the website. But for other people, they might want an email address. They might want to, um, however they want to be contacted. I'm hoping that more people will be able to step up and put their name up there and say, yeah, I'm doing ceremony in Minneapolis. I'm doing ceremony in, in New Mexico. Here's how to contact me. Uh, because what I see on Facebook, which is mostly where I get, you know, I see people communicating about this is it, Twice a day, someone will get on. I'm in London. I'm looking for ceremony. I'm in, you know, uh, Iowa. I'm looking for ceremony. And I believe that there's people there. And that there's pe- people close. They just need to be able to be contacted. So like, uh, kind of like an ayahuasca ticket master service. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, Scott, uh, he, he called it, um, 
he called it a travel adventure uh, adventure travel guide. So you say I I a guide like ayahuasca guide. Yeah, I a guide. A Y A G U I D E. Um, and then we have a Facebook page. It's A Z I a guide. Um, so people can get on our Facebook. Um, we have tons of hotel rooms here. It's inexpensive to fly and stay places here in Tucson. So you could fly in on a Friday and fly out on a Sunday or Monday morning and have one or two ceremonies and feel the healing, feel the connection. And then, you know, it's, it's a lot less expensive than going to Peru or anywhere in South America. And you can do it in a weekend. Uh, so that's kind of why, you know, and hopefully people will want us to come there. I've talked to people who are interested in bringing us to their town. They have a bunch of friends that want to do this. So hopefully we'll be able to go out and do more of this. But our goal really is to hopefully connect with more people, do this with them often so that we'll have other facilitators. We'll have people that get it and then they'll be able to go wherever their hometown is and facilitate the ceremony. Because with without the, the shaman, you're still getting healing. You're still getting experience. It's going to be different. But everybody I know that's come through this still feels better. Comes out feeling better. Comes out feeling positive. So... Yeah, the shaman and, and the, the traditional probably do it different, do it maybe deeper or I don't know. But I do know that doing it just with facilitators like us, people are coming out positive and they're feeling that connection. And I believe that once you put eye into your body, it never leaves. That's true because uh, ever yeah. since I had my first cup many years ago, uh, it's always with me. Um, sometimes kind of scary way like you ha you're haunted by a ghost like that's how it feels sometimes like it's always present do, do you still um the first time i did it and and i love to hear what you have the first time i did it it took i was getting downloaded information for seven days after that ceremony like i would i i, I felt you know, a little otherworldly as I was walking through and I would just be sitting on the couch, I'd be listening to music and all of a sudden there'd be a bunch of information that would connect with me in that same energy. It took me about two weeks before I was clearly walking on this plane. Did, did you have that experience when you did the first time? Yeah, well, I had more this thing. Uh, I was a devout, now I was interested in spirituality but I was a hardcore atheist when I did it. And um, when I, you know, during my first ceremony and, you know, for a long time afterwards, I was just repeating to myself, like, I cannot believe it. You know, like, I, 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 I was shocked. But uh, it, it took me two years, I mean, it took two years before I did it again, like when I went back to Peru. And it was really then that I, the first, my first ceremonies were finished. So it, it was like two years. Uh, so it took a long time to process. And actually, only the other week, I actually fully realized my very first ceremony, what it meant, because 
the very first thing that ever happened to me was I uh, became a uh, I trans what's it called when you transform into an animal lintropic uh, I think when when you transform into a wolf and uh, so that that's what happened to me I, I I my hands I could feel my teeth grow out I I was a like a wolf and uh, but a baby one like a, a small one and I was laying in my place by the fire next to a cave and there was a family there and I belonged to this family and uh, I was just looking up at the stars looking at my hand my paws and just experiencing the world and it was an an amazing experience but it was only like a few weeks ago where I realized that what I what this was was probably my first life wow so that that's my new theory that I, I I I always thought it was just an experience, but it was probably my my uh, you know birth into the universe. Kind of like when you saw yourself as a sperm. Maybe that was your first sperm ever. You know. <laughs> yeah, I did. This could be my first life. You know, I I don't know. I, I I don't pretend to know what happens after I die, but and I'm not looking forward to it in any way, shape, or form. But I'm excited about that adventure. I'm 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 excited. What's you know where that next step is? Uh, it's you know whether we just cycle back through here, which, or we go off to something else. But I, I feel I feel calm and confident about it after what I've seen and what I what I felt. Um, yeah, I I I watched some videos about people who who went to this terror of a ceremony and. You know, demons tearing them apart, and when they surrender to it and let it happen, on the other side, of the to a T, they all said they talked to God, they met God, and I'm just like every time I go into a ceremony, I'm like, please tear me apart, please, I, yeah, it, that's that's what I, yeah, please, rip me up because I want to, I want to meet God, I want to, I want to have that experience, like, and I'm sure that there's a million other people that would feel the same way too. Um, I also, you know, we, we were talking yesterday when we were out. I, I really think the call for ayahuasca is such a, um, uh, a, 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 a counter to all the anger and pain and, and we're seeing in the world. I, I really think that there's so much call for ayahuasca because the world needs to be balanced against that, the, the, the fear, anger, pain, war, and all that that's going on now, which seems to just be taking more and more, you know, spreading more and more around the world. I think that we, we, more and more people need the ayahuasca, more people need to have connected to the ayahuasca to balance that out, to keep us in a balance. So I'm happy to be in this part of the balance. So say, mention that uh, website again for people if they want to check it out. So anybody who listens, anybody who wants to, um, you know, post that they're doing ceremony you can go through there you can send us an email and we're happy to put wherever you are in the world down that you're doing ceremony cool well thank you a lot for talking to me oh it's been an absolute pleasure anytime this is a lot of fun and you're doing great work
Although Jared does ceremonies in silence, I still think it is fitting to close this episode with another track from Yoon Husami's album Yakon Shama that mixes traditional medicine songs with modern beats. The track is called El Canto de Tongora Sasha and the shaman singing is the great Jorge. If you want to keep up to date with the Natural Born Alchemist podcast on Facebook, then just go to facebook.com slash naturalbornalchemist and click like. And uh, yeah, that's it for now. Freedom is in the mind. Another
Oh, yeah.